Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together. Today we have an interview with Mary Bathrick of Beauty and Ordinary Things. It's a wonderful blog and Instagram feed. But before we begin, head down in the show notes. We got all the references and all the fun things and all our social media that you can follow and all all of Mary's social media as well. If you have a chance, check out our Gumroad store. Ariel has put out her brand new Game Break for Hoot Owl Hoot, if you haven't had a yeah, chance. Yeah, it's free, so go check it check out. It out. It's, it's a, a one-day short unit study. Actually, we're going to do a short bite where we're going to talk all about the this yeah. game break, but um, you can go check that out. It's available. Uh, we post, you posted it a little early on the uh, Facebook uh, feed for everybody, so if you haven't had it over there, join us on our Facebook group. You can get early access to a lot of these fun things. So this interview is amazing with mary she was it really was nice really fun you know what i, I love an, yet another eclectic homeschooler right eclectic homeschoolers rule the world <laughs> yes, um i you know what i think was fun is um i liked that mary didn't have all the answers yes she was still testing things she was still testing out curriculums and she hadn't made her plan you know all of her plans for everything she was going to use for the school year and i know that she felt that made it her more chaotic and unorganized and things but I actually really liked that because I yeah. think that, you know, so so many folks are focused on starting the school year, quote unquote, mm-hmm. that, you know, you got to have all your ducks in a row by fall. And, it, you know, unless there's a state requirement, you you don't. Uh, you can do things whenever, you know, whatever your schedule is. And if it takes you time to figure out what the right curriculums are to use or if you're going to try some things on for size, you know, you don't need to feel like you have to have all the answers right now to still have a really enjoyable and rewarding homeschool experience. You know, you can still kind of, um, you know, change things as you go along and make up your plan uh, along the way. And I think that's a great thing to see. Well, especially as she's homeschooling an eight, a seven and a five year old, um, managing these younger kids all together in one environment Mm -hmm. is, is a challenge. And I think she helped articulate some ways that she gets around that. Also, she's a, avid game schooler which yep. is always always fun to hear because we are as well and we're both members of the game school co-op yep. which we'll link down in the show notes too if you haven't uh, checked that out yet it's just a group of great content creators and tons of free stuff to do with games and that's where we met mary but i had been following her for yeah, quite a bit longer uh, before that and just really enjoyed she's got lots of free printables and things on her instagram so you'll definitely want to check that out um, but yes, we talked about we talked about some of our favorite games. Uh, she she gave us some new recommendations mm-hmm. for a few things, which was great. And I I just thought it was really fun. This was relaxed, and I'm glad that she was able to spend the time to talk with us. I think, you know, she said before we started, I don't have all the answers, and I hope that everybody doesn't, you know, think I I'm, I'm not an expert, right? That and yeah. that's a that's a sentiment that we hear from a lot of folks that we interview. And the the goal of these interviews is really to connect families with, 
seeing seeing another family that may be similar to them in some way yeah. might give you an idea, might just give you something to um, identify with and feel that sense of like belonging. Like this is this is your community, and I, I think that there's so many depictions of homeschoolers on social media and in different blogs and out there in the world that we have this thought of homeschooling looks one way. Mm-hmm. Or even a couple of ways. And all of those ways are... Have very good lighting. <laughs> they're all very good lighting. And great filters. Yeah. And and so I think that these interviews are so important because if you don't have a good homeschool friend or you know, you only have one and so you think that her or his way of doing things is the way that homeschooling is quote unquote done, mm-hmm. these interviews help us to see a window into the lives of different homeschoolers, different situations, and how they make this adapt for them and their families. And that's why I think these are so important. It's it's not to hear from the experts, although we love to interview experts, but these interviews, it's it's really just to get a sense of what's possible mm-hmm. and, and make us feel like we're not so, we're not alone in this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out here and there's a lot of different ways to do things and, um, a lot and of they're different all ways valid. To, yeah, a lot of different ways to do things correctly. And we, well, yeah, I mean, well, what is correctly? I think yeah. that's what's... What works for you. Right, what works for you and what works for your kids, what it leads to you and your kids having a healthy yeah. uh, and happy you know, home life well, and, and yeah. educated life. I, I think that that's all great. And yeah, it's, good to, have, awesome. it's good to have a kind of a reset on perspective considering how this pandemic has forced a lot of us all to be very hyper online. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit of an element of like, well, I I need to be this or I need to be that. And you don't need to be any of that. You need to be what's right for your children and what's right for your family, you know, within maybe some light regulatory framework that the state may give you. But, you know, you have to do what's right for your family. And I think that's something that I think comes through in a lot of these interviews that you get to see pieces of your your household and other people, and you may learn a few things along the way. So this is a great interview with Mary. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. So off to Mary's interview. Hey guys, before we begin the interview, just want to let you know that I made a mistake on the audio input during the interview, and Ariel and I sound like we're lost in a cave. So I apologize for that. I try to clean it up as much as possible. So, you know, don't listen to me or Ariel ask questions. It's more important that we listen to Mary. So sorry for the little bit of the audio quality issues. And I'll promise to make sure to double check before we do it the next time. So hopefully you guys enjoy the interview. Thanks. Hi, Mary. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So tell us and our listeners a little bit about your family and your homeschooling history and what uh, what drove you all to homeschool? So I have three kids. Um, They're eight, seven, and five. And my husband and I always actually talked about homeschooling, which I feel like is a little crazy, like even before we had kids. So yeah, we've homeschooled all along, um, which I feel like before was more um, uncommon. But now in the days of COVID, it's not all that uncommon. And I feel like there were a lot of reasons why we chose to homeschool. More family time together, um, making sure the kids would be able to learn at their own pace and based on their own learning styles. So yeah. When you choose to homeschool, it's such a a drastic departure from, you know, the regular schooling. Um, Was there some methodology of homeschooling? Like you you really liked you know, unschooling, or did you read a book about homeschooling? 
know, what was that genesis for you? So I feel like homeschooling never seemed as foreign to me because I feel like I knew a lot of um, homeschoolers growing up. And then also like I had family members that homeschooled. So it didn't seem as foreign of a thing to me. Um, And as far as like methodology, no, because I still feel like we have no clue what we are. Um, like, eclectic, is eclectic correct? Yeah. Uh, that's what, yeah, I'm like, I'm always like, I guess we're eclectic because I don't know what we are. So yeah, it definitely was not because of a certain methodology. Well, well that's amazing that you had, you, you, know, you kind of have the support, you know, people, um, what was, did they give you some support? Did they teach you things? Were you able to reach out and leverage their experience to help you, you know, in that first few days or first few months to make a initial decisions? Was there a nice little community there for you to start with? So yes, um, a lot of those family members are further away. So it's okay. not like a physically close community, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that are close and that family has definitely helped a lot. Um, and they've also helped introduce me to other homeschooling families in our area and like a co-op in our area and things like that. So yeah, definitely. That's great. So it's interesting that you knew homeschoolers before. Uh, uh, most of the folks that we talked with and ourselves included, you know, had not really met a homeschooler in the wild before we decided to do this and definitely walked into this with our own kind of preconceived notions. What, um, what was your preconception about what homeschooling would be like and and, and did it did it actually match what you thought it was going to be? Or was it a surprise when you actually got, got into it? So I definitely think I thought things would be um, less chaotic than they are. <laughs> which I don't know why I thought that. Um, but I think I, I had that um, vision, just even of being a stay at home parent, I thought like, I'll have all this time to like, my house will always be clean and like <laughs> everything will always be organized because like, I'll be home. I'll have time to do that. Um, and as probably most stay at home parents know that ends up not being the case, um, or at least it was not for me. And so I think homeschooling was a lot like that too. I think I had this vision that everything was you know, going to be like, um, we'll get our morning basket and we'll like leisurely start the day. And like, I will be making like an eight course breakfast or something <laughs> like, and like everything will be relaxed and the kids will quietly do their work. And then we'll like frolic through the woods. I don't know, you know, like, <laughs> and like now I'm like, what the heck was I even thinking? <laughs> as I sit in my messy schoolroom with like things thrown all over the place, you know? So yeah, I guess it was different than I thought. Well, well, let's dive a little bit into that chaos. You know, what type of curriculums do you use? You know, what does it look like when you, you know, you span across an eight, a seven-year-old and a five-year-old? You know, how do you manage that? What choices have you made? So as far as curriculum goes, I feel like I have tried out a lot thus far. Um, (laughs) We started off, so my oldest is eight. We started, I feel like we, we definitely were more formal for preschool for her than for the other two. But in preschool, we did not have a set curriculum. 
um, but we were like more formally learning. Um, and then in kindergarten, we that was the first time we got a formal curriculum and we used um, Catholic heritage curriculum, which is kind of like a mixture of um, like classical, Charlotte Mason, traditional, um, okay. kind of like a mixture. Um, and we liked that, it was fine. Um, it was a little more gentle, I think, than a lot of other curriculums, which I actually liked. Um, but I also loved the fact with that, that it was like open and go, like they had all the like plans set for you. Um, so there wasn't a ton of planning, which as like a first year homeschool parent, that was like one of the number one things that I wanted was something that I could just open and go and I didn't need to figure out what I was doing. And so then in our second year of homeschooling, so that's when I had a first grader, a kindergartner, and then uh, my daughter would have, my youngest would have been three, I think, three, yeah. So yeah, we did a hybrid school. And so we went there two days a week. Um, we were there um, in classes and then three days a week we were at home. Um, and they used Mother of Divine Grace curriculum, um, which is a classical curriculum. And um, that was going really well um, until COVID happened. And then the school shut down. <laughs> for the end of that year. Um, and so in the fall of last year, we decided not to go back to the hybrid. And during that time, that was when I started thinking about curriculums again, because although I really enjoyed the hybrid and my kids really enjoyed the hybrid, I did not super love the curriculum. I think it's a fantastic curriculum and I think it's fantastic for a lot of people, but for us, especially for my oldest, it wasn't working super well. So last year we ended up being home fully again and um, we did a mixture of a bunch of different things. Um, for math, we did um, Beast Academy online. Um, we did some unit studies from Gather Round. We did, we just, we did a bunch of different things. And did, did, were there any winners that you're gonna go forward with this year? So we definitely found that we enjoyed unit studies. I did enjoy gather round, but for us personally, there were some things that we needed to change out in it. So I found myself having to like add work to it. And at that point I was like, maybe it would have been better. Like for some other unit studies, I just made them myself. And so I think that might be what we do going forward. We do a mixture, maybe sometimes use um, pre already made unit studies and then sometimes make our own. Um, but yeah, for this year, I feel this is the first year that I have not planned everything out like to a T. I feel like normally I have everything planned out. I know exactly when we're starting and know when we're gonna take a break and everything in this year. I really have not planned very much. Um, <laughs> I, I think it just, it might just be um, you know, the state of the world lately, like COVID happening and knowing like, you can't always plan everything. Like you're not, I, I think it, it'll kind of take the pressure off of if we don't get a certain thing done, you know, all that to say though, we do, we do have somewhat of a plan. Um, my oldest actually, she has been a struggling reader for a while now. And we are starting to wonder if she may have dyslexia. Um, so about two months ago, um, we took her for an evaluation 
and she is starting some therapy. Um, so she's been doing that for the past like two months. So uh, those therapy appointments are so far away that it's like taking this like huge chunk of time. So like, we're going to focus on that. And um, I will have a curriculum, like a language arts curriculum for the other two. And then for uh, math, we'll have a curriculum and then everything else. I think we're going to maybe see how unschooling goes. And I don't know if I can fully be just an unschooler because I feel like I do like to plan things. <laughs> so I, I, I may just have the kids pick curriculum, um, pick um, subjects ahead of time, and then we'll do unit studies based on what they pick. I feel like I, I love the idea of unschooling and I, it seems like it's an awesome thing, but I just don't know logistically how it would work. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a that's a common concern for a lot of so. folks. What are you going to use for your uh, math and, and reading kind of curriculums? So, for my oldest, she is using it's called Lively Letters. I think is what they're using at the um, uh, for the therapy, and so. Uh, the therapist there, she's like working with me to just make sure we, we kind of stick with that. So we're going to like piece together things we already have at home um, based on what they're doing with that. So like I, we have so much already at home. Like uh, we have explode the code and just all, all sorts of other things that she'll, you know, we'll be able to piece together what she needs. And then for the other two, I haven't fully decided yet I keep going back and forth um and that's I think that's another like issue with homeschooling like there are so many great resources and curriculums available that it's like hard to decide what to then actually use you know and I feel mm -hmm. like you see you see a new curriculum and you're like ooh, maybe I should switch to that one instead or there's like nobody saying you can't just do it. And yeah. unfortunately you don't just switch. You decide to just add it on top of what you're doing. Because yes. You feel yes. commitment to what yes. you already planned you would do and you, you can't give up the plan either. Yes. So you exactly. just do more. That, that would just be failure. That would yeah. but Right. I want all the things. I don't yes. just want some of them. It's, it's so yes. difficult. You know, it's not like, uh, oh, well, we're committed to this this year, so maybe next year we'll do that other thing. You're like, no, no, no one's saying I can't buy it right now. We'll just dabble in it. We'll just add it on Fridays. Nobody will know. You, know? <laughs> you start convincing yourself. I'm not a hoarder. I'm a curator. Curator of good content. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I'm a curator of board games and books and all sorts of things. <laughs> exactly. So you have your, your oldest is doing these dyslexia classes and uh, training there, and then you have the younger kids. How do you manage three kids, especially, you know, in a spread of about three years? How do you, you know, hop between each one, make sure they're getting enough? You know, I, I, I struggle enough with a six-year-old and a two-year-old. And that is, you know, it gives me stress every day trying to figure out when I can have one-on-one -on -one time with my oldest. And how do you manage that in your, you know, your classroom and your homeschool life? So I think there's a few different ways um, that work well for me. Um, but one of the ways is just, doing subjects together. So especially with unit studies, we found that really helpful because we do everything together. Um, so like last year we did the space unit from gather round and the kids did all of that together. So like every morning when we did our space study, they would like make a little space shuttle and then they'd go in there and I would do the reading for the day and we'd listen to like Hulse's planets 
and mm-hmm. um, you know they did all their science and history and all of that together. And then for last year when we did math, I actually had them do math on their iPads. Mm-hmm. Um, so the older two were doing Beast Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually were doing the same level. It was a second grade level because my middle is a little bit advanced in math and my oldest is like right probably you know at grade level um so they were actually in the same level but they um, weren't always on the same lesson um and then the youngest one I would have her do um just like activities that I had made up so like she would already have her stuff all set and they would all do math at the same time but it was kind of more independent like obviously they had times that they needed me to help them, but because it was somewhat independent, that made it a lot easier. Um, and then another thing that we do often is I'll set up stations. So I'll have, you know, just like a teacher would in a classroom, I'll have two or three different things set up. And then that way I can have time if I need, you know, just literally one-on-one time, I can do that while the other two are doing those activities. And another way that works really well is having two of them play a game. And then the third mm-hmm. one I could be working with doing something else. Okay. Is that my segue, Booza? Well, no, I, I could hold your segue there. Okay. Hold your transition. I heard, um, I heard the G word. No, I know. I know. <laughs> we'll, get there, we'll get there. We'll get there. So um, you talked about doing these. So this intrigues me, these little stations. Um, does that take a lot of time to prepare? Do you have to like prepare in the morning and then you set out everything or is it pretty easy for you to do, you know, just build out a quick station? You know, how much planning goes into that? So I think stations can be as elaborate or as (laughs) unelaborate, is that a word, um, as you want them to be. Um, So for me personally, a lot of times I'll do a sensory bin. Sometimes I'll get them ready ahead of time. Sometimes I'll literally just throw whatever I can find (laughs) at that moment into a bin. Um, A lot of the printables that I have on my uh, blog, those are things that I use for that. Like all of those things that I share on there are things that I actually made for my kids, usually my youngest. Um, And so on there, a lot of the activities are like... um, like scissor practice, or I'll have like patterns with different themes, things like that, or like three-part cards or, you know, little, little activities like that. And I mean, they don't have to be crazy complicated things either. Like you can just have Play-Doh and have, you know, some letter flashcards or something, you know, like it doesn't have to be anything too crazy. All right, let's, I'll give you the, the no, 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 that, that's okay. I, I want to I, I ask one more question okay, before we get, once we get the games, you don't get out. Um, <laughs> so, so you, you were talking about stations and things. Do you, so do you have like a, do you have a typical flow routine to your day? Um, I mean, is there such a thing as a typical day? I know that's like a, not something to ask homeschoolers because every day it could be whatever it, whatever it turns out to be, but do you have a normal flow to, to your day? So normally we do have a flow to the day. We're in summer now, so I feel like we're a little bit all over the place. Although even in the summer, I feel like it's kind of similar. So we um, we are not super early risers, although I've tried many a time for us to be or for me to be. I've I keep trying to get up before my kids, but it doesn't happen. I feel like people always talk about how like 
the most successful people wake up early before everyone else and all this stuff. And it just does not happen. I don't know how to do it. You're, you're not getting up. You're not getting up at 430 to do it. No, I, like I, so a few months ago, I tried again. Cause I was like, I should try this, you know, like it would be so nice to like wake up before the kids and like be able to like leisurely drink my coffee and whatever. So I tried a couple months ago. I started waking up at 5 a.m. And it lasted for like three days before I had a massive panic attack. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> it was just, it was so bad. Secret. What we did with our daughter was we just said, you have to stay in your room till we come and get you in the morning. So whatever oh. time we woke up, it kind of felt like it was before uh-huh. her, but, even though but it we was also, fake. We also, got, <laughs> we also got one of those Mela clocks and we anthropomorphized it and said, you okay. cannot leave your room until Mela turns green. Princess, it wasn't just Mella, it was Princess Mella. And Princess Mella rules your kingdom and you're not allowed to do anything. And that sucked. Yeah. That sucked. Fortunately, it totally backfired because <laughs> she unplugged Princess Mella and we were very weird. You, you don't touch Princess Mella. And she was like, but I wanted to cuddle with her. <laughs> so we gave the clock too much personality, clearly. Um, but yes, this is a key. You don't have to wake up early. You just have to make sure your kids don't come out of their rooms until you're up. And then voila, you beat them. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, no, I am. Um... Yeah, it's never worked. My they've always been very tricky about (laughs) getting out too. Like, even when they were very young, like my my son, when he was nine months old, he started climbing out of his crib. Nine (gasps) months. Don't say it. Don't say it. I don't. Our two year old's still in the crib, and we're still. Yeah, hanging on to it. Yeah, it's it's always been like that. I, I sometimes joke to my husband I'm like we're just too fun they just like want to be with us all the time because we're that entertaining um, but like and yeah my oldest she used to like you know you have the baby gate up thinking like oh yeah even if they get out of the crib then they'll stay in there she used to empty out her drawers and like put all of her clothes on the other side of the baby gate and then literally like (laughs) fly herself over the baby gate like it was pretty smart like she was like I'm not gonna get hurt because I have this pile of clothes on the other side of it she would like pile them up and then yeah just fling herself over yeah so it's it's been a struggle So, so you don't, you're not early risers. So, so you, you get up in the morning and your kids get up and what do they usually do in the morning uh, yeah. before you're up? So we get up breakfast. Um, they like to try to sneak in screen time. I prefer us to not have screen time before we start schoolwork. Um, but sometimes it happens even, you know, so i I feel like we shouldn't but sometimes it just happens so anyway we you know then breakfast and then we usually do better if we do school work in the morning so normally I would say approximately like nine ish a.m until probably around lunchtime which would be like 11 30 or 12 and like most days depending on the day we're done by then um, and then my kids have rest time, even though they're old because they're not old, but older, um, you know, not napping age, um, because I need quiet time. So oh, <laughs> they have to have amen. quiet time because amen. I need quiet time. So <laughs> I keep telling my daughter, it's good for you. And she's like, is it, or is it just good for you? And I was like, win, 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 win. 
So, uh, so they have some quiet time and then um, afternoon to, to dinner? Is there, is there it's more? It's usually just like totally independent time, nice. Um, nice. you know, outside or doing whatever. And I mean, I think that as they get older, that probably then will go to, you know, more school time. And actually, when we did our hybrid, a lot of times that needed to be school time for my oldest which is one of the reasons why I felt like their curriculum wasn't working super well for her was because it was a lot of work that she, she's a very, very creative mind. And a lot of it, you know, she just, it was too, it was like almost like copy work type of things, you know, that it just was not what she excels at. And so a lot of times, um, during that time we were having to do school in the afternoon too and it just was not pleasant for either one of us I feel like we both would be upset by the end of the day and I was like wait a minute this is not at all why I wanted to homeschool like this was not on this, this was like the opposite <laughs> of why this is the opposite of what I wanted to happen so that was like when that reevaluation happened no, I absolutely agree we, we just kind of went through a similar kind of shift with our own um ELA program would be all about reading. We had to pull back just a tad and then like do some different things. And now we've turned it back on and it's been very, it's very helpful. And I love, I love the idea that, you know, we have the freedom to be able to, yeah. you know, adapt and, and to pivot. And, and like what you said, if it's just, if you're just not enjoying it, you got to do something that you do enjoy. It's um, like a double-edged sword. It's like yeah. really great that you have all, you can adapt and, you know, you don't have to stick with something if everyone hates it. But on the other hand, it's like, it's all on you to figure out the solution to, <laughs> right? I can change the problem, but I also got to find the answer. Yeah. Um, so that that always is a little stressful. Like, okay, we're abandoning the thing we've been doing. <laughs> we're gonna then branch out. It's always frustrating too, because it's like you want to stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> Part of you wants you to. Don't stick be with a quitter. It. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and yeah. And that's it's also you're like, well, will the next thing be like the one, you know, or. <laughs> Right. Not. I don't know. <laughs> well, and you don't want to like change gears too much with your kids either because yeah. they're mm-hmm. starting to get into a rhythm and you know, but you're I don't know, I feel like we're watching all the time, like, is this still working? Is this still working? Yes, still yeah. working. Okay, you know. And sometimes it gets a little bit exhausting to be constantly evaluating it too. So I don't know, it's all like a balance. So let's get to it. Let's talk games. So <laughs> So you started using board games in your homeschool. Talk to us about how you use games in in education. So we love playing games. Um, And I personally think that any board game is educational. I know that some maybe would argue, but I really think that any game, you can make it educational somehow. Um, Because really, almost every game has math in it. Like, I can't even think of a game really that doesn't have math in it. So at least you have math. Um, But so I think one of my favorite ways to use board games in homeschooling currently is adding them to unit studies, because I just think it's really fun to have (laughs) games that fit a theme. And it's crazy how there really is a game for any theme that you want. Um, So that's one of my favorite ways currently. but math, we definitely use games for math all the time. Um, I feel like, like I said, I feel like any game can be math. Um, and then there's also so many different games that are 
actually like quote unquote math games as well that my kids love. Do you have any games because you got the early learners? Do you have some go-to games for math? Maybe like two or three games that you like to pull out a lot? So one game, one math game that my kids love that I'm always really surprised by how much they love it um, because we do have so many games um, that I personally find way more entertaining than this one um, <laughs> is money bags. They love money bags. We just got, we just got that and, and our, our learners are a bit too young for it yet, but the, wait, it's on the shelf right here. I'm looking at it. Oh, they love it. And I, I always think it's so funny because I'm like, this is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> is it because we've been making change like our whole, our whole life, you know, adult lives? Maybe, like, yeah, maybe that's what it is. And just because we've played so many other games now, I'm just like, really, this is what you want to play. But it is definitely good for learning your coin values. Yeah. And making change, counting all of that. Um, and I think probably all three of them um, know their coin values because of that game. And I feel like those are the types of situations that I'm like this and like, obviously, you know, using coins in real life is also beneficial, but I feel like I would much rather have them playing that game than having to like sit and do a worksheet of like what, a, which coins are which, you know, like yeah. not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with worksheets. Like if you love worksheets, then like more power to you go with your worksheets. But like, I know as a kid, I, just dreaded doing worksheets so um I just feel like at least it's you know it seems slightly more entertaining than just doing a worksheet of uh coin value so so, so you have money bags is there another another math game you guys like um my another one that I personally do not love but my kids love is <laughs> some swamp <laughs> oh, same oh, daughter some swamp so much and even my um he's seven now seven I was gonna say six my seven-year-old he is fantastic at math like he is the type of kid that like you know he started learning multiplication tables for fun just because he was like oh look when you skip count it's the same as like you know like he just like that's his brain like he has a math brain you know all this he still loves playing some swamp. It's just so funny to me. It's such a um, cute game and our daughter really likes it. And it's, it's really helped her because she's at the right level to learn simple addition. But now she's pretty comfortable with it and she still always asks to play some swamp. Yeah, it's so funny to me that, yeah, yeah, they love it. So yeah, it might just be the theme. And then another one that I would say that my kids really liked, um, that's not specifically a math game, but I feel like there's enough math in it to call it a math game is Sleeping Queens. My kids mm -hmm. all love that one. That's such a good one. Do you do you use games for, I mean, they all have math, but do you use games to accentuate language arts or, or other areas too of your homeschool? Yes. So I would say most of our um, language arts games, I feel like are like, specifically learning games, if that makes sense. So, mm -hmm. you know, like we have like a super Y ABC game and word on the street junior and things like that. Um, and they do like all of those. So we have some simply fun ones that are good for language arts as well, like spell track. Those all, those all sound like great games. I haven't, I haven't heard of a couple of the language art, arts ones, so I'm gonna have to look into those. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say if you had to say like, what is your family's favorite game right now that you can all play together, kids and parents together? Like, what would you want to pull out from the shelf? So 
the kids have been really been loving Minecraft. Like there's a Minecraft board game. Hmm. Um, and they've really been enjoying that one. Ours right now, a lot of the the flipping rights or the rolling rights. Yeah. We, we've been enjoying yeah. those, like mm-hmm. silver and gold and cartographers. Welcome and to welcome to and things like that. Oh, welcome to is so much fun. I want to get all of the different ho- holiday theme packs and the zombie ones. Yes. And, yeah, that's such a, I, I there's no like good reason for that. But. It's worse because I'm sitting here looking at the game shelf, so I'm like, oh, I want to play all of them. <laughs> yeah, and there's just not enough time. Uh, but I think it's great to hear just how you're using so many different games and, you know, using games between the kids too, where you don't always have to sit and play as yeah. well. You know, you got two, two kids playing games so you can focus on another. And um, I think it's important too when they play together without us because they're, they're yeah. learning the turns, the cooperation, the teaching each other, helping each other and stuff. Um, and modeling those teaching moments without us kind of being there to, for them yeah. to always lean on. Yeah, it's one of my big challenges right now as well is to, you know, have them do stuff without me. I'm kind of a big crutch. So, yeah, I can't wait to be able to, you know, unleash them on a the game. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's going to be really terrific. So, so you got into games and you have the blog, uh, Beauty and Ordinary Things. Can you tell us a little bit about the blog and, um, you know, kind of what your uh, what you're hoping to do with the blog and and what kind of things you post and just give us the rundown on it. Yes, I actually have one more thing to say about games though, if that's okay. Oh, you, you go, I'm always up for games. Okay, sorry. Um, so one of the things I think also that's great about board games for homeschool is that um, they don't always have to be in your like quote unquote school time. Like they can be any time of the day and they're still adding learning, um, which I think is another thing, just homeschoolers in general, I feel like a lot of times because we're used to the normal like set school schedule, we get in this mindset of thinking that all schoolwork has to happen during a certain time period, which I feel like it totally doesn't, but it's hard to get your brain out of that thought process. And I feel like games help that because um, they bring so much learning that you know, your kids are going to want to do any time of the day. Also, solo games, I feel like are another thing that can be great for the um, stations that we were talking about before. um, And for independent play so that you can work with another child. So like, um, I think we've got Rush Hour with a couple of solo, your Gravity Maze, Laser Maze. Do you you have a favorite solo that you like to bring out for that? Yeah, my kids like the, we have Rush Hour Junior, I think it is. And then there's some other really cute ones we have. I can't remember what brand they are, but there's one that's like Little Red Riding Hood and they're actually like little, you know, um, brain teaser type puzzles. Yeah. Right. I've seen those. They have a, they have a few different ones. I don't remember. Yeah. The they're really either. We'll, we'll post them back because I, I yeah. know that I've seen them and I've always thought, oh, those look really yeah, I know Think Fun has a ton of solo ones. I know that particular one's not Think Fun, but I just, I cannot think of what brand it is right now. No problem. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out and put it in the show yeah, notes for a we'll link it. So, Mary, you have this blog, Beauty and Ordinary Things. Can you tell us some more about it and, and what you post there besides all the great game recommendations and things? Yes. Um, so the blog happened kind of accidentally or maybe not accidentally there's nothing's an accident right um, unintentionally <laughs> I unintentionally started this um, at the beginning of the pandemic um, I started it kind of just thinking that only my family was going to be reading it um, and then so it kind of was just 
I was telling about our homeschool days and just whatever. Um, and then I started sharing some principles on there, like things that I was making for my kids anyway. Um, and so after sharing some of the free principles, uh, I started to realize that people other than just my family members were actually finding it. Um, and so during that time, I then saw people were clicking on the Instagram button. I was like, I don't even have Instagram. Like, I don't even know how to have an Instagram. Um, and so that led me to then Instagram, which I feel like now I'm a little bit more active on Instagram. Um, on yes, Instagram. you have a lot, of, a lot of folks on Instagram. Yeah, so on, in, on Instagram and on the blog. Um, I, I mean, I'm also on Facebook and Pinterest, but I am not really ever there. Yes. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm always like loving your little videos on Instagram with, you know, oh. like with, the, with the music behind it. I'm like, I totally hear this. It's always speaking to me exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. If you had told me a year ago that I'd be making Instagram reels, I would have been like, what are you talking about? Like, no, I will not. <laughs> <laughs> to popular music. They, they are fun. They're fun. Um, and yeah, people say they make them laugh, which I feel like we all need to laugh right now. So exactly. I'll keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and you do these live Thursday night, um, chats with, yes. with different yep. folks. Yes. Lives on Thursday nights. Um, and on the blog gathers yeah, like game reviews sometimes and just a mishmash of all sorts of <laughs> stuff. <laughs> How do you how do you balance this creative output with the blogging and the um, the dancing on Instagram? And... It's not dancing. You haven't seen it. How do you, it's, how do you... it's more lip syncing I'm sorry, I'm and, sorry. and looks. I'll answer the question. Very how, how do you manage your professional writing career and your interpretive <laughs> dance career while also homeschooling children? Uh, um. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm still trying to balance things. Um, sure. <laughs> I, I, I really... And I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so <laughs> how we were talking about waking up early, that was my main goal in waking up early was thinking that then I'd be more organized to like set aside like a certain time to write and a certain time to, you know, film reels and a certain time to do all the other Instagram stuff. Um, and it's not that easy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I feel like I try to do a lot of things like during rest time and, you know, after the kids go to bed, but my kids are horrible at going to bed. Uh, so yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. Um, and a struggle. I mean, I wouldn't say a struggle, but it's, you know, it's hard to find time for sure. Yeah, we we feel like we're getting in like little bits of time. It's like here's my little bit of Facebook time. Here's my little bit of Instagram. Oh, you know, he's like, watch the kids for 20 minutes. I gotta edit some podcast stuff. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're just kind of like um I'm I'm can use the word triage, but I don't think we're I don't think we're bleeding, but I just it does feel like we are just dealing with the next the kids most walk, press kids walk up thing. to the office, Gloria Gaynor cues on. Get away from the window, mama's working. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, it's tough. Like, it's tough because there's not like set hours, you know. It's yeah, not like, I think it, that's what it is, yeah. and that's what I was like. Oh, I'm going to make set hours, but it it doesn't work out like that. But um, I try to batch as much stuff as possible. That yeah. seems to help. Um, and also, like 
um, re reusing stuff kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, making something a blog post that also then will be a reel and also be a post and things like that. But um, I've also found it really difficult trying to be because I didn't intend this to be like a business or anything. It's hard for me to um, treat it like a business right now yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. that's like i'm still trying to like figure out like okay wait do, <laughs> what am i doing like do i want this to be a job or am i still just doing this for fun or like what is going on so yeah <laughs> I, i'm always i'm always interested because i know with um i don't know about the 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 ladies on the side of the house but i know on the dudes with the stay-at-home dads and, the, and everything i know i'm on some subreddits as well and i know there's there's always this kind of feeling of, you know, of isolation. And we always talk about doing creative outfits when we're talking in the forums and stuff and, you know, do this or that and it helps, you know, spark interest and find passions and whatnot. So I'm always interested to hear when somebody's homeschooling, taking care of the kids all day long, and they're having these creative outlets and how you manage that and how you prioritize that. Because for me, like, I like to write as well, but I like to write dark, brooding occult horror books that my wife doesn't like to read and it's <laughs> so, so so very dark and i you know i like to work out and i like to do all these things and it's so hard to find you know that 90 minutes a day that i need to get my words in throw heavy weights around over and over again and feel fulfilled and so it's always interesting to hear how people manage that so thank you for sharing that. i know that it's a little bit into the personal, like, how do you do your stuff? Because I want to know. <laughs> well, I think it's, I think there's a lot of homeschool yeah. parents though. You're writing, it's not a cult books. It's just, it's dark urban fantasy, but anyways. Um, I don't have, I don't, I don't have, want anyone I don't thinking have any. you've got like a pentagram in the office. <laughs> I do not have brooding teenagers in my book no no but uh but you know it's there's a lot of parents though that homeschool and do run some sort of business or they do work remotely yeah. while they homeschool or you know they have a farm they care for as well yeah. so you know if juggling it I think is still a really pertinent question to yeah, a that's... lot of families because there's a lot of folks who are trying to side hustle and homeschool and so, you know, I think that's really prevalent. Absolutely. Um, do you have any advice now that you are a seasoned homeschool professional that's very organized and prepared? Do you have any wisdom you can pass on to those parents who might be choosing to do homeschooling, especially early learners for the first time this year? Yes, but I would not call me organ organized or professional. Um, all right. So, hey, look, it's our podcast. We get to say whatever we I want. Can to say. I can characterize <laughs> your existence anyway. You're, you're, you're smart, smart enough. enough. You're organized. And enough. gosh darn, you can do it. <laughs> um, so I would say don't try to recreate school at home unless you really want to, and that's your thing. I mean, whatever. Everyone could do what they want, but I would argue that you should not try to recreate school at home. Um, because there's a reason why you're homeschooling first off. And also it would be really hard to try to re recreate school at home. I would say that no one's opinion of homeschooling matters except for you and your spouse and your kids, I guess, maybe. Just along for the ride. Um, but Everyone's... yeah, like I, I feel like there's always someone that wants to be like 
questioning, you know, why you're homeschooling or, you know, if it's working and whatever else. And I feel like unless it's like you or your spouse, like you don't need to worry about their opinion. And let's see, I would say you are on your own schedule. No one else's. Well, I guess your kid's schedule. (laughs) But like you're, you're not on anyone else's schedule. Like your kid does not need to read by a certain time. Like you don't need to be doing the same thing as anyone else. Um, well, I guess unless your state says you have to, my state doesn't. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's another thing is so different, like state to state, like in our state, there's essentially like, you know, there's not a ton of, um, regulations. So, um, that's where I'm coming from. Like, obviously in some states it might be different. And I think I talked about this before, but learning time doesn't have to happen within regular school hours. Yeah. Um, it can be anytime. Like right now when we're taking these like hour and a half trips to the um, therapy appointments, like we have our audiobooks. Like I know that my kids are learning just even when we're riding in the car, you know? Um, and then my last thing would be don't compare and do not worry about what everyone else is doing. You do not need the shiny new curriculum. <laughs> it's so pretty. It's so pretty. <laughs> I know. I, I, that one's really for me. I'm telling myself that. <laughs> stop comparing and stop buying curriculum. <laughs> it's hard not to compare, right? Because well, it's, it's, not not just, like... it's not just pretty, but it's also 20% off. <laughs> shut, shut. <laughs> Those curriculum sales are getting me. I may or may not have just bought the next year Build Your Library. You know, I think the hard thing about the comparison is that there's no guidebook to homeschooling, especially if you do live in a state that doesn't have really stringent rules. It is more of a free form, whatever you want to make of it. So you look to other families and what they're doing, and it's just so natural to get caught up in, well, that family's doing that. Well, they're doing well, I'm not doing that, you know? And I think if if it were more stringent, it would almost be easier because yeah, it would be totally less enjoyable and less awesome for your kids. I, I'm very thankful we don't live in a stringent state, but you know, it's just, I think that that open-endedness means that you're looking for inspiration everywhere. And it's so hard not to want to compare and keep up with the Joneses. So I think that's really good advice. And I feel like homeschooling, it's the same as anything else. I feel like people most of the time are showing you the highlights of what is going on and not showing you what they're struggling with. And so if that's all you're seeing, like on social media or whatever else, that is going to make you feel like, oh man, like I'm not doing, like, this is what they did today. Like I clearly didn't do enough or whatever. And um, I feel like that can be really hard. That's why, especially on Instagram, I often try to not you know, make everything look perfect. Cause I'm like, it's not like I try to, I, I mean, like I posted something the other day in one of my reels, like I often, you know, I'm like, does everyone else have to like push crap out of the way to take a picture? Because I do like, <laughs> yes, you know, like, so like, <laughs> who else has to clean the table before sending yeah, a book on it to exactly, take a picture? But like, you look at other people's feeds and like, you don't see that. You just see like these like beautiful setups of like, you know, I don't know, nature materials and like this beautiful, like sensory bin that no child will ever touch because it's like too perfect. And, you know, then you're like, I didn't have time to set up this crazy display of whatever. Like I was like trying to scrape Cheerios off of a chair so that, you know, like, so I don't know. 
And then those displays you see, you see people post these beautiful displays. This week we're doing dinosaurs and they have this like museum quality display of all the books and materials and dinosaur mm -hmm. models and all this stuff. And some of them have drawn anatomical dinosaurs on the chalkboard <laughs> behind the display. And I'm like, Oh my God. I mean, I have a stack of books over there and I got some videos on YouTube we were planning to watch, but man, like I didn't have time to make a thoughtful museum display <laughs> for my children to walk in and be like, Oh, this is what we're doing this week. Um, so I, I think that that's really funny. Those pictures, that being said, I love looking at those pictures because I'm like, Ooh, so pretty. And I love seeing all the resources that they, but it's not, normal either <laughs> it's like a, it's a it's like a Bo Burnham song you know is this heaven or is this a, just a homeschooling mom Instagram page <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it, it looks beautiful and it's very pleasing yeah. to our homeschool hearts we love seeing it but it, I think it's really important to remember that most of the time it's messy and people are taking all their you know beginning of the year photos right now too yeah. when their homeschool rooms have just gotten all put together and no child has set foot in it yet um which I I love those beginning of the year photos and then I love to see it like January when they're like it looks like a disaster after Christmas and we haven't been in here in three weeks and you know it's like yeah. it's real life too and and that's the thing you're it's not like you'd send your kids to another place this classroom that doesn't get touched when you're not homeschooling yeah. Our, our homeschool room is also our bonus room. That's where the kitchen lives, the little <laughs> yeah. kitchen. That's where the Duplos live and the Lincoln Logs and various other toys that get scattered all over the floor. Um, so it's homeschool's life. Even just the homeschool room in general, I feel like can be a thing because like not everyone has room to have a homeschool room, you know, like mm -hmm. we have, you know, it's like half our like downstairs I don't know what you'd call it, family room-ish, whatever. And then the other half is the homeschool room. So like, we're fortunate to have like a full space, you know, that's like dedicated, like technically homeschool space. Although it's also like where the games are and half the time we do school upstairs. But regardless, like we're, you know, we're fortunate to have like its own dedicated space, but not everyone can have like a dedicated homeschool space. And I feel like when you see all this out there, you're like, oh my gosh, like I can't homeschool my kids because I don't have a separate room or whatever. Like, no, you don't need to have that. Like, or I'm not willing to put posters all over my dining room. Right. <laughs> so you see some of them are like, well, it's okay. You can homeschool in your dining room and their formal dining room. It looks like a school room with the dining table in the middle. And I think, well, that's very cool. And if that works for you, that's awesome. But it also gives the impression that no, you don't need to have dedicated space, but you still do need to put a posters all over your walls and you can't still use this as your formal dining room, which, right. you know, kind of like gives the, this other, the same dedicated space impression, yeah. uh, which I think is carving the Thanksgiving turkey in front of the dinosaur diorama. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. no, it, 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 a lot of them are, look like that. I'm like, wow. Too. It's family memories. I mean, talking? I think it's great if that works for your family. I, I, I just... I guess I, I would love for social media and because that's our main form of communicating with all of, with each other. I just wish it showed kind of the breadth, you know, of all the different types of setups and uh, ways that it can look. And I think that really informs everybody that, gosh, this can be whatever you, know, you want it to be. And you don't have to have beautiful educational posters all over the walls or whatever it is. Well, this was great. I could commiserate for a long time. And I think the tables are going to be turned, right? I'm going to go on a live. So and then I'm going to be on your turf and you can ask me whenever. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Does that mean? Um, so when is this? Is this next week? 
yeah, this well, yeah, so we could this is gonna air. A week this is gonna air. I will make sure we'll we'll make sure to link the Instagram so all the listeners get to listen to Ariel talk. Oh, I don't know that's a good idea. I mean you're you're both welcome to come if you would like, or just there. Well, I think based on the time (laughs) time zone, I think we're gonna have to have him stay with the with the children, keep the beasts at bay. Um, Keep keep me on the job. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to. uh, But I'm looking forward to that, and that'll be fun. I that will be the first time that the tables have been turned. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see what uh, what comes out of that so we'll, but we'll make sure to promote that and put that out and everybody can watch it yeah, yeah yeah but i love watching your i i, I followed your instagram way before we were both in the games we talked <laughs> together and have always really enjoyed your content so um i hope that other families can find you too we'll, we'll link your blog and instagram everything in the show notes um so that our listeners can find that and mm-hmm. and thanks for staying up late with us Thank while you. there's a non-hurricane going by and um, yes. <laughs> we appreciate your your time and and having a few laughs with you it's been great tonight Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!